I just happened to glance at the timestamp on this call and it was at 4.13. Nice. Sick ref. Heck yeah. Welcome to the Hamstake Podcast. We read Homestuck and tell you about it. My name's Lydia and I've read Homestuck before. My name's Alex and I have not. And so this week we're going to tell you about pages... 2411 to maybe 2513, maybe 2515. Alex read like an extra two pages by mistake, I think. So. Oh, did I? What what pages did you read up to? Yeah, I, I 2415 or 2515. Okay. I I must have typoed at some point and like sent you a wrong number or like I guess misread so. my own thing. I only read through 2513, so you're going to have to tell me what happened in those last two pages. <laughs> so, this is the 6th episode. And I guess we're getting into kind of a rhythm of about 100 pages per episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Which puts us at, yeah. So, again, like, I think maybe we'll say this one last time if you're just picking up now, which I don't know why you would. But it's not literally uh, 2,500 pages. It's just the index number on the pages on the site. Correct. I mean, you never know. Like, sometimes when I pick up a podcast, the first episode I listen to is not the first episode. I just, like, grab a random one, and so, like, they refer... I don't know. I guess at that point, it's, like, you sort of expect... You should expect not to understand exactly what's going on if you pick up a podcast on episode six. Yeah, especially if it's a serial thing like this, where we're going through something in order. Too true. <laughs> Too true. Um, Speaking of um things being in order, and this being episode six... um. I'm real bad at, I should never be put in charge of a social media account. Um, I posted something on Twitter that was like, episode seven comes out soon. It doesn't. <laughs> episode six comes out soon. Episode seven comes out, I mean, soon, now that you're listening to this, it'll come out sometime next week. We mm. haven't decided yet. We'll tell you at the end of the podcast. I mean, it's okay. I think it's okay to lie to like five people on Twitter. <laughs> That's how these like viral, like falsehoods get started though you're right someone's you gonna can't quote, just go around lying on the someone's internet. gonna quote that in an article and we'll get a grand jury for lying on twitter we'll get a grand our, a grand jury of our very own yeah to decorate as we please exactly i don't i don't know how i uh i don't know where that's going but that's what's gonna happen sounds good homestuck Homestuck. Oh, yeah, but so I wanted to address the corrections. So there's two corrections I have to make. So the one is that it's this is episode six, not episode seven. Um, and the other one is that I put, I don't know how many people read these, but I put a little, like, teaser text of, like, what was going to be in this episode when we posted last episode. That text is so wrong that it's not even, it's not even correct for the next episode. <laughs> it's, like, it's got stuff from, like, 300 pages from now. It's not really spoilery, um, it being teaser text, but it's, it's, like, 300 pages out. So, just, like, ignore that. I promise to, like, triple check it on this week's post and have it, like, hopefully not be accurate. Okay. Have, hopefully, whoops, not be inaccurate. Okay. Good job. Thanks. All right. That's fine. So, yeah. So, uh, sorry for the delay between episodes, everyone. But it's been, uh, you know, holiday season and wild, wacky adventures across continents. Not yep. Really, that's, but you that's know. true. Uh, well, not yeah, not across continents. We're both on we're both on North America. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just mean like I've traveled like a 
significant portion of the continent twice since the last episode. Ooh, this is exciting. You're cutting in and out. I think it might be my headphones. Hang on. Ooh, say more words. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, fuck. It's hello, my headphones. Hello. All right. Um, are you getting an echo if I just use them without headphones? Not really. All right. I'm sorry if the audio quality is real bad. Because those are the only headphones I have, and I, like, dug them out of a pile of garbage. Um, Yeah, my other have... Wait, actually, since I'm only using... Nope, I can't use those because those have a microphone on them. (sighs) Anyway. um, Let me know if the Echo does pick up, and we can address that. Okay. All right. Hey, um, Alex from the future here. As you can tell, that absolutely did produce an Echo. Um, and the rest of my file is unusable because my audio was being picked up on Lydia's end. So I'm very sorry about this, but the rest of the episode, um, my voice is going to be from Lydia's file, meaning it'll be tinny and quiet. Um, I'll do the best I can to balance it, but unfortunately that's what we have to work with this week. Uh, okay, back to the present... Um, yeah, so you said you've been traveling around a lot. Right, that was the delay on our, our last episode before the break, as is, is, uh, train problems. And then we just didn't get a chance to uh, record when I was at home. Right. Um, yeah, we, we kind of decided to go on a break. Alex, how was your holiday? My holiday was very nice, actually. Um, got to see a bunch of family, and yeah, it was just enjoyable. How about you? Um, that sounds really nice. Um, mine was good. Mine felt really short because, um, of a lot of stuff just being, like, kind of in flux here, but it was really nice. Um, we put up five Christmas trees in my house every year. Five, yeah. Um, every year? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, like, fake trees, so, like... Well, how big are they? Like, nine-foot trees. Six-foot trees or nine-foot trees, depending on the room. How big is your house? Like... It's not huge, but it's, like, pretty big. It's They're mostly all in one, like, quadrant of it, actually. We put two in the front room, one in the living room, one in this, like, we have that stupid thing that some people have in their, like, foyer where it, like, goes up to the second floor, and then there's, like, a shelf that you need, like, a fireman's ladder to get to. Um, so my brother goes up on the fireman's ladder with this six-foot Christmas tree and sticks it in the window that leads into, like, the second floor foyer. It's really stupid. Um, and then we put, like, a crappy one in the basement for, like, my brother's drug friends. Just as a side note, you you pronounce the word foyer. Yeah. Um, is that how you think it's pronounced all the time? I know it's French. I know some people say it the right way, but lots of Americans, at least, just say it foyer. It's like kind of a crapshoot whether people say it foyer or like foyer or whatever. I exclusively say it foyer because I don't fuck with French. <laughs> it's a foyer. It's a foyer. It's probably yeah. both. <laughs> I think the linguistic reality is that it's both. Por que no los dos? Well, you don't say, you don't pronounce fiancé Bianchi. No, because that would be, that would sound silly. (laughs) I think foyer sounds silly. Sounds like you're saying fire with a weird accent. Uh, You know, it kind of does. However, that room at the front of my house that nobody knows what to do with is still a foyer. So homestuck. Set foyer to the rain. 
That's really good. Maybe that's our episode title. Set fire to the rain. I think I think you've done it. Um, basically, where we're at right now, um, each of our characters that we know so far. Uh, so Dave um, lives in the city where it's real hot with his brother, and he's trying to save his internet friend Rose, whose house is under like threat by a wildfire. I think. Um, by getting a copy of this game called Suburb, which he can use to bring her into this, like, game world where she and her house will be safe from this forest fire, presumably. Right. Um, meanwhile, Rose is in her cat's mausoleum, um, trying to build, um, her friend John's house to get it, like, taller so that it can reach through these seven gates because the ghost of John's grandma mixed with uh, Harlequin told him that he needed to build through these gates and get to a place called Skya that's in the middle of the mysterious game dimension called the Medium that John is already in because he's, yeah. he's already playing the game. Um, so, I mean, you know, pretty simple so far. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yep. Um... And meanwhile, uh, Rose is also trying, Rose can control John's environment through her computer because sure. Um, and so with limitations, right. Um, she has to be able to like see John. She can't like manipulate things far away from John. They have to be like close to him. Um, and so she's got John hold up. John is meanwhile having sort of like impulses and thoughts kind of piped to him through time and space from um, a post-apocalyptic desert world um, where an alien of some description whose name is the wayward vagabond is uh, operating this equipment he doesn't really understand and is typing a lot of things to John because um, he can see John on a little video screen and he's trying to get John to like do things just based on his own little insect person intuitions so john's pretty scrambled at this point because he's being told to go get a can opener and he can't go get a can opener because he's holed up in a room for his own protection by rose um because john is already it's see it's already kind of like a circular paradoxical thing because he can't really protect himself because his brain's so scrambled um and so rose is going around dropping pieces of furniture on these little imp creatures that are trying to attack him yeah and that's all yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> so we begin uh, this week's reading with uh, Rose starting to build up the house. And I'm so stoked for this house to turn into, like, an Escher print megastructure that, like, towers through this world. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm glad that you're into the, like, let's see how big this gets. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I love seeing the house get built up. Is that a, is that a spoiler that it does get built up? That's kind of a spoiler. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've established that. Yeah. You're, listen, you wouldn't be podcasting with someone who had read the comic before if you weren't looking for, like, vague spoilers. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Rose is sort of building up John's house in, like, this really obtuse way because she's trying to save on um, building materials. Um which they call build grist. It's these things that look like gushers that you pick up um, when you kill an imp that John has to pick up. And um, 
they let you like construct things in the game world. And so they're like trying to save on that because they have an awfully long way to go. And up until now, John has not been all that good at fighting. Yeah. Which I, I really love like the way that it kind of works with like the game mechanics. Um, it feels really intuitive that she's trying to be so economical on uh, resources. And like she figures out that ladders are cheaper than stairs. So she's like, yeah, I'm just going to use ladders a lot from now on until we have some more material. Right. Right. Except she does build one little stairway for John, and I forget exactly why. I think she builds it because she doesn't want to run a ladder through John's father's room. Yeah, exactly. Because um, she can't, basically she can't load John's father's room because he's never been in there. And so that seems to indicate that this world is being rendered based on John's uh, memories. Right. Um... At least rendered to Rose. I'm not super clear on that, whether this... Like, is this house an exact copy of his house, or is this really his house? Right. Like, what's the story there? Anyway, so she builds these stairs for him, and they're, like, so narrow that he, like, clips into the wall of his house, like, trying to, like, hang on to them. Um, Because they're, like, not really wide enough to even put one foot on, so he's just, like, scrambling up. Um, Which I thought was a funny... I don't know. I like clipping jokes. Clipping is very funny to me. use of resources just really like struck a chord with me mm-hmm. um it kind of reminded me of like if you're playing minecraft and you're trying to like get something up high but you just like just started out so you just like have a pile of dirt and you just like build a pillar of dirt underneath you because <laughs> you can do that yeah because that makes sense you just jump up and place a pile of dirt under your feet and then you do that 20 times and you're up high. I guess if you had like perfectly packed dirt cylinders and you don't have to make them like stairs because you can jump that high. Yeah, you can jump a block high and place one underneath you. But like. Don't worry about it. Oh god. Spatial things are not my forte. I'm not going to try and think about it. Um, So another highlight of this sort of there's a lot of, like, life-or-death situations going on here. Um, one of them being Rose trying to escape this wildfire thing. Which ends up having some lovely banter between her. Um, these kids basically don't speak in anything other than charming banter. But, um, this is especially bullshit. Like, literally nothing about the plot gets moved along whatsoever. But Rose writes something. Dave is, like, complaining to her about, um, being, like, surrounded by puppets. Um, which doesn't make a ton of sense at the time because we just see him, like, hanging around in his apartment. Which leads us to think, I don't know, which leads me to think, because I'm, like, have read this before and I'm sensitive to these. They're like, oh, okay, so he's... We haven't seen where he is in his story yet. Like, we haven't quite caught up to where Rose is kind of thing. But he's complaining about being being up to my goddamn neck in fucking puppet dong. Yeah, and yeah, and they just riff on that for, like, a whole page. It's great. Um, Rose writes a poem um, that I really love. I thought it was a sonnet, but it's really... It's, like, super not a sonnet. It's not in the right meter. Um... It's not the right number of lines. I'm absolutely a pleb. But, uh... I want everyone to remember thoroughly the line, um... 
I'm gonna do some sort of acrobatic fucking pirouette off the handle and win like a medal or some shit because pirouetting off the handle is gonna become a recurring trope in a lot of different forms. I like it very much. Um, yeah, so then, then we have John and his punch design X, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so there's, um, one of the um, machines that Rose was able to place in John's house, but that John has to, uh, use himself, Rose can't use it, is this design X, which seems to, um, what does it do? It makes, like, a punch pattern for your cards. Right. So each of the each of the capture log cards that we've been like interacting with mostly as these like abstract game mechanics um, are physical objects in some sense, and we have the characters flipping them over, and you can actually read. There's haha, there's a captcha yeah. on the back. Which yeah, that that excited because like um when he flipped it over the first time, I didn't even see the captcha. I just thought it was like a blob of colors. And then on the next page, I'm like, oh, it's a CAPTCHA. Oh. <laughs> yes. Which I, I'm honestly not sure if Hussey, like, had thought that far when he first, like, put CAPTCHA log cards in place. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a funny joke. Um, but anyway, so you read these codes, and then you, through the punch designix, you can have it punch the equivalent. You can, like, have it turn a, another CAPTCHA log card into a punch card that I guess the the holes that are punched in it represent the code that you type in. Right. And that seems to uh, trap the object in the card, at least for now. Like, you can't access it once it's been punched. Right. Yeah, well, so, I mean, like, you can punch codes... You could punch codes on a blank card, too. Um, it's just... Like, it doesn't... The, the card that you punch on is just, like, a material. It has nothing to do with, like, what's on it. Um, you essentially render it useless once you've punched a bunch of holes in it, understandably. Right. I guess. So, yeah, so John so John messes around with that for a while and, and figures that out, kind of, and almost uh, renders his PDA useless, but luckily doesn't. <laughs> yes, almost renders his PDA useless and then doesn't, and then almost um, launches it out the window and into the void, but Rose yeah. catches it. <laughs> yeah, she, she literally catches it with the cursor, which was a nice catch. She was really good. Rose is great. Um, Rose also at some point um, pitches a bathtub through John's wall to like kill an imp, so now he's got like a giant hole in the wall behind him. It's and fun. she didn't give him a heads up, but he just he doesn't read his messages. He's not checking his phone, which I so empathize with. Like he's doing stuff. He's not. He's not checking his IMs. Um, and I really love that all the objects that imps are like getting squished with are leveling up. Yes! <laughs> we have, um, what do we have leveling up? We have, um, Colonel Sassaker, like, yeah. the book. Uh, we have the tub and the fridge. And then something, something gets a Viking funeral. I think yeah. it's the bathtub? Uh, I don't remember which, what it is exactly. It's the safe. So at some point, the, the safe that's, um, that somehow yeah. through all of this fighting has, like, cracked open, right? Yeah, it gets uh, a Viking funeral to be sent to the halls of Valhalla. Oh my god, I completely missed the Valhalla pun. Yeah, because it's uh, safe. That's beautiful. Um, so oh, so speaking of the safe, um, oh my god. All right, so I'm gonna go like real granular on you here. All right. 
Um, so some stuff about the safe. One thing about the safe is okay, well you tell me about what you thought about that um that newspaper clipping that was in the safe. Alright, so yeah, this um so in the safe, which is John's father's, um, there is a some old newspaper clippings, including one from April thirteenth, nineteen ninety something. Where the last digit is obscured. Yes. Uh, and remember that April 13th is the Homestuck Day. It's John's birthday. Oh, okay. Well, it's also, yeah, it's 4-13. Right. It's also the day that it is today in the comic. <laughs> All of this is going down on John's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, John. <laughs> um, so it, it seems to show a neighborhood getting obliterated by meteors. Um, and that is parallel to the current events of the comics, leading me to imagine that John's dad, when he was younger, played the same or a similar game or was aware of it like it was um kind of a bystander to other people playing it Mm -hmm. uh and so he might be preparing for the return of sperm that's something that's so fascinating like because then that implies that like there was some kind of like 8-bit analog of this game exactly yeah oh that's so interesting well don't say anything I'm not going to. I like your theory. Um, Is it better or worse than my theory that Gigi's uh, parents are spy game developers? I think this this one about his dad is way more has a lot more like interesting implications. Okay. About like the entire like form of the narrative. Right. Okay. I see. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to think about that. Um. My only thing is, this is, I, I pulled up such a stupid quibble, um, but I just wanted to point out that the newspaper says it's Monday, April 13th, 1990-something. The only 1990-somethings where April 13th was a Monday were, um, 92 and 98, but John's birthday was in 96, so was it, was it on the year that he was born? Like, it can't have been the year that he was born, um... Presumably, because I kind I feel like Hussey would have um, would have looked this stuff up. Um, so I I'm inclined to believe it's '98, and this is something that went down early in John's life, but I really don't know, uh, and I don't remember if it's relevant or not. I hadn't thought of that actually. Yeah, um, it's just like a stupid little quibble of a detail, but anyway, um. So John's looking through all this stuff that, like, comes out of the safe, and then the safe, like, th- there's a paper tape to the wall that, like, you would yeah. only have been able to see if you had moved the safe. Yeah, so the paper says, like, John, if you're reading this, it means you've grown up enough to be able to lift the safe. <laughs> I'm proud of you, son. Everything inside is yours. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I love the notes that John's dad leaves around for him. They're really touching. They're really, like... I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. <laughs> These newspaper clippings are yours now. <laughs> These newspaper clippings? The, like, gentleman's, like, shaving almanac? <laughs> this grody old book that looks like it's, like, falling apart. Yeah, he's like, I, it's a, it, it's what looks like an original edition of Colonel Sassaker. Um, and it's all, like, muted green. And, like, ugh, it looks gross. It looks gross because it's it takes the hideous, like, fuchsia pattern from the like John's current version and just like it's super old so now it just looks moldy 
or like toxic slime or something. I kind of dig it. Yeah. Oh, I dig it. It's just like, yeah, I wouldn't want to touch that. Nope. Um, and then on the back of this note is a safe combination, which just for the sake of posterity is 024913. I can't remember if it's important or not. Okay. It's also completely useless because the safe was busted open. It, right. It's, yeah, I don't think it ever becomes important again, but I don't know. I'm trying to remember that. Um, we then are treated to the caption of all captions, um, to, like, click on to go to the next page, which is, John, captcha log, punched captcha log, captcha log card. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very silly. It's a lot. The whole, like, this whole, this whole process is, um, of the, the punching the cards and the, the reading codes off of them and doing stuff with them is, like, so obtuse. It's all obtuse. I'm just gonna stop, like, identifying things as obtuse because they just all are. And it's not novel. Yeah. yeah. So, alright. So John, um, yeah, he capture-logs the capture-log capture-log card. <laughs> he um, does. <laughs> and that makes something fly out of his Silidex, which is always funny. I don't think that'll ever get old. Just, like, seeing an object shoot off the screen. <laughs> yeah, because they go really fast. And with this one, it kills, it's actually, it's a, it's the copy of Sassiger's, and it flies out the hole in the wall and kills an imp. Yeah. And then it levels up to, um, one-man julep vacuum. <laughs> That's its new rank. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. He's the one-man julep vacuum, and then the bathtub that gets thrown through the wall is, um, Archimedes' aqua cradle. Um, and then it's, oh, excuse me, no, it skips right over that rank, and it becomes a Taft Jammer, which I don't know if you got that joke. Nope. So, here's a fun piece of American history. Now, now, that, I, now that I see the Wikipedia article that you <laughs> linked right underneath, I do get the joke. Well, like, you know, like, the story, right? Yeah. Okay. But you can explain for our listeners. The, literally, the whole story is one time President William Howard Taft got stuck in his bathtub. Like, to be fair, you didn't have to be that big of a person to probably get stuck in it. Like, I feel like old-timey bathtubs were not big whatsoever. Right. Like, it's not that big a deal to get stuck in your bathtub. I don't know. Um, John conducts a lad scramble. This is, the, this is the thing about the stairs I was talking about. Rose is trying to save Grist, so she's got these teeny, teeny, tiny stairs that she wants John to run up. Yeah, so he tries to lad scramble up the stairs. He's, like, he's he's like clinging stuck. on like a frightened <laughs> opossum. And then he gets stuck in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we switch, at that point, we switch to um, Dave's point of view, and I believe what we're doing now is we're catching him up to where we're at with Rose. Um, so we see more of the Strider apartment. Um, the Strider apartment's terrifying. It is. The uh, kitchen is full of uh, swords, and the sink is full of fireworks. <laughs> um and yeah, it's just really not a safe place to be a 13-year-old. It's really not. Like, how long has it been like this? This is not a safe way to, like, raise a child. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, meanwhile, so so we're increasingly getting the impression, and Dave is increasingly getting the impression that, like, his brother is messing with him. Right? Yeah. And Dave is trying to uh, wrap his head around what his brother's doing, like, in through the lens of irony. But he's getting really self-conscious that his irony level isn't high enough to understand his brothers. Right. It's really sad. <laughs> 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 
Meanwhile, like the irony, like how much it's become, it makes me think of like pocket dimensions. Cause it's just like, how far is this going? Like, I feel like we've already looped back around to sincerity so many times that it's like, yeah, it, 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 it feels to me like, uh, Dave's brother is genuinely unhinged and is just like, has convinced Dave that he's being ironic but is actually, like, not a safe person to be around. Yeah, so that's the thing, is I think he's probably convinced himself that he's just being ironic, too, but, like, I mean, that's the thing about irony, is, like, it's kind of arbitrary. At the end of the day, like, you are still actually exerting yourself upon the world, and, like, if the way that you do that is to render your home entirely unsafe for the child that you're caring for, like... (laughs) Yeah. mm. Anyway, so there's there's a Muppet Babies... Um, comic that bro has drawn, like, taped to the fridge or to the door or something. Yeah, and it's, like, the saw face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not very versed in horror, so I don't really get what's going on here. I actually had to Google it. (laughs) I was like, I think this is Saw, but I'm not certain, so I, like, looked up the Saw doll. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dave, bro, like, had a webcam embedded in one of these saw dolls, like, sitting in the kitchen, and, um, like, embedded in one of its eyes, like, watching Dave. Um, so he put it in the, oh my god, yeah, it was so stupid, he was like, he put, um, there's, like, this, a little frog puppet in the blender, and he's, like, psyched out by it, so he takes the, he, he, like, runs it through the blender, and, like, there's, like, blood pellets in it, so he's got this, like, bloody, like, felty, disgusting blender full of horror, and then he puts the saw head in it. Yeah. And it, and it, not, it doesn't go, it doesn't, like, get blended by the blender, and then he tries to put it in the garbage disposal, and it doesn't get, like, garbage, oh no, it does get garbage disposed by the blender, by the garbage disposal, right? It, like, gets ground up. It gets, well, no, it gets stuck. It gets stuck! Great! <laughs> like, he, he puts a, a purple puppet Garburator. And like, <laughs> do you do you call it the Garburator? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's um, it's a Canadian. You know, well, you know how Kleenex is like a gener- a genericized brand name. Sure. In in Canada, Garburator is a genericized brand name for garbage disposal. That's amazing. Like it's just what it's called. Yeah. I really like the name Garburator. Me too. Anyway, so he uses it to garburate. Is that is it a verb too? Uh, I've never used it, but it, th- there's nothing wrong with it. It verses. That's good. He he garburates the uh, purple puppet, and then tries to garburate the saw doll, but it gets stuck. Right, um, which is like a visceral memory for me. I've gotten like avocado pits stuck in my garbage disposal before, and it's like, a, I just broke the garbage disposal. My life is over. Right. Be like this particular thing like has an eye with a camera on it, and I know I'm being watched. It's like, uh. uh, yeah. It's like I forgot how like genuinely creepy this part of the story is. Yeah, it's really just disturbing. Like the whole Dave's whole apartment is. Yeah, it feels scared for him. Right, he's like trying to play it cool, but like it's like a. I don't know. It's what we what we go into now is it's an it's a an extended 
satire of the Saw movie, um, where Bro has set up these, like, sort of traps and, like, notes and whatever for Dave. Um, and I've never seen a, much of a Saw movie. I've, I've seen enough of it, of one to, like, get that it's all about, like, um, these, like, horrific games that yeah. the guy sets up for these people because they've, like, done something wrong um, in their lives. But, like, John, uh, Dave's, like, supposed, like, wrongdoing is that he ran, like, this puppet through the blender. Right. Which I guess is, like, kind of shitty. Like, I would assume that Bro makes these puppets himself, but, like, it's not that bad. That, but yeah, he probably does. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then we get a lot of, like, messing around with his Silidex, because he's trying to, he, he gets the impression that, um, he needs to, like, gear up for, like, a confrontation with Bro, so he's trying to weaponize his Silidex. Yeah, so he, like, he, tr- he goes around the kitchen grabbing all these weapons and stuff. Right, including the Buster Sword, except then he's, like, not gonna pick up the Buster Sword. Because it's yeah, bad. So first, uh, first thing I wanted to say is just that, that um, last time I guessed that he, um, he could, like, change the wording of things to put it in a different place in his Silidex. Mm-hmm. Because, like, his Silidex works with a, an algorithm of, like, counting the uh, vowels and consonants in a word, and then putting it in a place. Um, so, he, so yeah, he's like he was pointedly saying ninja sword four, but now he calls it a katana to like move it in a silidex so that he can put it somewhere else. Right. Um. Oh hell, you know, I just realized that um. Um, your speech might be getting picked up on my audio recording. Let me check that really quick. Can we stop and I'll play back some of this and make sure that it's not getting recorded that way? Yeah, sure. It might be, but like it might. Well, that's what happened with um, our first one, but it wasn't a problem. Okay. Like, it just overlapped. And like, um, I can just put it through a noise gate where like if it's quiet enough, it won't get picked up. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Um, woo, wait, okay, weird stuff is happening with my desktops right now. Um, Macs are weird. Um, okay, so then never mind, I won't pause it. Um, but yeah, so he, he, right, he, um, he just decides that things are called different things. Like, yeah, it's a stretch, that, but. Yeah, and that becomes, like, a big part of this sequence, like, trying to get stuff, like, get all the stuff into a Silidex, but he keeps putting putting stuff in, this, in, like, the same slot, and so it keeps popping out. And he wants to, like, preserve the, uh, like, the Japanese proper names of things. Like, he wants to have the, the nunchaku, mm-hmm. but he's like, oh, that won't fit, I have to call it nunchucks. <laughs> Too bad. I, I like to think about, like, how much time it, um... It must have taken for Hussey to, like, actually sit down and, like, trying to orchestrate which items he had to pick up in what order. Yeah, exactly. Like, it must have taken a lot of, of effort. And I, like, fully, absolutely just skimmed over it and assumed that it was, like, working and I did not bother, like, thinking about it. Yeah, like, that investment in that joke was, like, so high compared to probably the rate of return on, like, most people. Exactly, exactly yeah. Which I feel like is kind of its own joke. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, like so he opens the fridge and there's a bunch of swords in it. And he picks them all up in one item called like a heap of shitty swords. Right. Which is really good. 
Which I feel like only possibly could exist to be launched out of your Silidex later. Probably. Um, but yeah, there's also a Buster Sword, and do you know what the Buster Sword is? Yeah, I've never played Final Fantasy, but... Um, or Kingdom Hearts or whatever, but, like, I just know... I've read so many video game comics over the years that, like, I've seen so many Buster Sword jokes about how useless it is because it's so big. Right. Okay, yeah, I, I, I assume that it was kind of an osmosis video game joke that most people know. But I also, just in case you didn't know, I included a link to an image of one of uh, Cloud with his Buster Sword. And we'll put that in the show notes. And folks, if you don't know, this is a big sword for a small boy. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, like I I know uh, Cloud from Kingdom Hearts. Like I've never played a Final Fantasy game. I feel like everyone in this world has played Kingdom Hearts except me. I don't think so. I think it's actually a pretty niche interest. Like it depends on like, if you had it as a kid. Because I wouldn't think anyone would pick it up as an adult. I feel compelled to pick it up a lot because all my friends like it. <laughs> I, I I would have a hard time playing through it now if it, if it wasn't for the nostalgia. Just because it's so ridiculous. Like, it's such a bizarre, absurd, weirdly executed concept. Mm-hmm. It's also so dear to my heart. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm so fascinated by media like that. But like like um I think you posted something on Tumblr last night about like some like series of like you know early reader novels. Those are fantastic. Those I absolutely recommend to anyone, any age. Okay. Um and it's really short. Like there's three books and they're like ninety pages. Oh, that's really short. Yeah, well, they're for, like, seven-year-olds. But they're so... Oh, my God, they're so good. Hmm. Anyway. I'll check them out. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of what, like, led me to, to want to... Sort of the same sensibility that led me to want to read Homestuck again. Yeah, I guess... And I guess, actually... I guess I've said this before, not on the podcast, but um, Homestuck and Kingdom Hearts are kind of a very similar... Um, demographic, I guess. Like, their audiences are largely very enthusiastic teens uh, who like to cosplay and stuff. Big nerds. Big nerds. (laughs) You're so nice about it. Um, But I guess since I'm coming into Homestuck at such a late stage, I guess there's nothing stopping you from getting into Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, like, video games are a massive time investment. Like, they're, like, an order of magnitude above, like, a book. Oh, yeah, and especially, like, it's a big, like, Japanese role-playing game, which have, like, dozens of hours to put into it. Yeah, I'm not gonna play that game. Yeah, and there's, like, I don't know, seven of them now? Oh my god. I only played the first two. There's seven Kingdom Hearts? I don't, oh my god, there's, I don't know exactly... Because there's, okay. I thought it was the Final Fantasy ones that there's a bajillion of. Those, no, okay, so those are like, yeah, there's a bajillion Final Fantasy. A bajillion. 
My name is Bill Jillian, <laughs> and I'm here to buy all your spurs. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy, there's a bunch of them, but most of them are, like, separate from each other. Like, there's, as far as I know, there's, like, themes and, like, elements that cross over between all the games, but they all tell, like, for the most part, they all tell, um, contain stories. Okay. Um, but Kingdom Hearts is one series, and every, um, every new edition adds to the same narrative. Oh, wow. So it's like, if they're all, like, dozens of hours long, there's gotta just be, like, miles, like, reams of continuity in that universe by now. It, yeah, it's, and it, it's the most confusing continuity in the world. Like, even when it was just the first two games, it was, like, the cosmology of Kingdom Hearts is something that I could probably talk about for an hour, but I forget most of it. Okay. And also, it's probably, like, 10% of what is going on now. I think there's definitely a parallel to be drawn there, like, between that and Homestuck. It's just that, like, it seems a little less deliberate, the, the kind of sprawl that you have going on in that franchise relative to Homestuck, but at the same time, like, Homestuck, I don't think was ever intended to be this big. Yeah, I think that the, um, definitely the kind of dedication it takes to be, like, fully, in, like, engrossed in the continuity is mm -hmm. probably similar. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's an interesting parallel. Um, I, I feel bad saying that because there's, like, probably no shot I'm ever gonna play a Kingdom Hearts game. Like, I might... Maybe one day, if you like, give me beer and pizza, I would watch. I would watch like a let's play. Okay. Of it. Um, well, maybe one day when I replay them, I will drag you onto a podcast where I talk to you about it for three hours. That could be really entertaining. Yeah, I think we should do that. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think there'd be an audience for it. So Dave is stocking up on swords, etc. Mm -hmm. Um and. His bro is kind of sneaking around, moving Cal, the puppet, to surprise Dave. Right, and so he his bro is moving so fast that we don't really see him, we just see his silhouette, and it's like streaky, because I guess he's moving real fast? Yeah, he's being a ninja. Yeah. Or something, I don't know. There's, like, there's a, a lot going on here. There's just a lot. Um, yeah, okay, so so the joke of a lot of this is that, like, it's a lot of, like, stereotypical, like, white guy things, right? Like, I am going to finally touch this with a ten-foot pole, but only with a ten-foot pole. Um, because I'm not the right person to really engage in this discourse, but, um, so, nominally... Um, all the Homestuck, or not nominally, officially, canonically, um, none of the Homestuck characters have an ethnic background, they don't have a racial identity, um, and it's never touched on in the comics, they're never drawn, even when they are drawn, we'll see them later on in some guest art, like, drawn more realistically, they're never drawn with a skin tone, they're always paper white. Um, because the idea is you're supposed to be able to infer, you know, whatever you want them to be, um, which I think is cool, and a great way to, like, help readers identify with them. It's a little interesting, but... But it's interesting. Um, 
Except that if you look back at some of these early pages with Dave, not even these pages, but like hundreds of pages ago, um, there's somebody talking about um, Dave's bro actually being like a white a white guy who who raps, um, and so if you do take that as written, like um, you've got this apartment full of, I mean, like Dave is like a child, like he maybe gets a little bit more of a pass, but like his bro is presumably an adult or nearly an adult um, to be entrusted with taking care of him. And it's like, he's this like, okay, so he's this white guy. He raps a lot and he's obsessed with ninja swords. So like, yeah, it's a lot. And, and also meanwhile, these like smuppets, there's just, it's a little, gnarly and I think it's it's one of the few areas where um some of the joke um just is no longer as much of a joke and it's still pretty funny this conglomeration of interests but when it's not like expressly like this like white guy in a baseball cap um who's doing all of this it like one element of the humor goes away and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing to lose at the expense of like reader identification but it's just a thing, and I feel like I'd be amiss if I didn't mention it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, but we're hanging around in the Strider's apartment. His, his brother is, um, setting up this Saw parody. Um, there's a note that just says, um, I think it's like, bro, roof, now, bring Cal, right? Yeah. Bro, at this point, being addressed at Dave. So presumably they just both call each other bro. So yeah, it's um, it's setting up for a strife essentially. Right. Um, right. It's left like on the, on the, the note is left on the handle to right. Oh, this is a good segue, and I didn't even catch myself doing it. So the note is written on the door to the crawl space above the apartment, and um, so Dave goes to pull on the the crawl space handle um, to, I guess, go up. Yeah. And um, we get this magnificent, like, four-panel sequence of just, like, a heap of smuppets, like, pouring out of this crawl space. It's like a pile, like, much bigger than Dave, just, like, burying him and, like... (laughs) Like, puppet dongs, like, grazing his face, and, like, puppet butts, like, gliding down the side of his head. (laughs) All of it in, like, glorious slow motion. Yeah. And so that's where he kind of reconvenes with where, when he was talking to Rose earlier in the reading, where he was complaining about being, like, up to his neck in puppets. He's literally up to his neck in puppets. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, I, I like I like how these kind of astrologues repeat. Yeah, I, I I think um I like the way that they're done where we see them from one side and then from the other side, especially yeah. when like like it's the context isn't clear, so it's like there's like part of the joke and then you get a whole other set of jokes in the same text, which is clever. Yeah, um, and on and on another note, I'm actually pretty excited to see um how the uh, how the strife. That I assume is going to happen uh, plays out because so far Dave has kind of broken the pattern uh, that we got with uh, John and Rose, where they're introduced and they're given a fake name and etc. Where he like literally splice like 
uh, like, not spice, uh, like cuts the uh, fake name in half and is like, no, we're not doing that silly <laughs> stuff. So I'm excited to see how he breaks the pattern with the stripe, if he does. Right, because at this point it's not him avoiding confrontation. He's actually seeking the confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, speaking of that, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, I think there's an actual, like, like, we talk about things like being, like, like there's obviously, like, recurring jokes and there's, like, allusions and stuff, but there's actually, like, a... I don't know, I want to call it, like, a theme, like, an actual bona fide, like, literary theme, I guess, going on so far, um, which is of, um, it's Hussey trying to, I think, say something very genuine, even though all of the comedy is very absurd. He's trying to say something that reads to me as very genuine about, like, parent-child relationships. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's so it's weird for me to be going back and because I read this, especially these segments, I originally read them when I was a lot younger. I read them when I was about 17 years old and I'm 22 now, which isn't a ton older, but like I've been living on my own for most of that time, which gives you a very different perspective on like your parents. Um, And I think a lot, I'm not a parent, um, but I think a lot more now about like what it must be like to take you know, the kind of life that I've started to have where it's like, it's, it's you doing your own thing and then make that all about another small defenseless person. So it's like, I think that what, what he's saying about, um, that like the, the ways that parents try to express very genuine love and like try very genuinely to like prepare you for the real world and how just completely incomprehensible that can seem on the end of the child yeah, I think yeah. That's a really that's a really good insight. Um and I definitely definitely think that's intentional. Yeah, it's really nice. I don't know. I it's weird that I didn't see it the first time, but like Well, it make I think it makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's almost like a, a meta version of the like the child not being able to comprehend that. Like the child who reads Homestuck isn't able to s- see that subtext. That's so true. That's really interesting. Because, yeah, most people who do pick up Homestuck for the first time are, like, teenagers. So, and I think these days, like, it does still have a really strong following, and most of those kids are younger than us by a lot. The fan base skews younger. I'm kind of, like, an old lady shaking a fist at this. But, yeah, like, as as a teenager, you relate to the teenagers, but as we get older, we can relate more to the adults. And, I mean, that happens a lot in... Like, lots of uh, media, I guess. Like, in a sitcom, where, like, you watch it as a kid, and you're like, those parents are so mean. But then you watch it later, and you're like, oh, they're just, like, trying to protect their children. Right, like, oh my god, that's so true. So much of the... I hear this a lot in, like, um, I listen to Sister Time podcast, which is Abby Howard and her sister, whose name I unfortunately can't remember. I think Madeline Howard. Um, it's a really cute podcast, and I like it, and I recommend it. Abby and Maddie Howard, yeah. And they, Abby Howard is is a cartoonist, is how I know of them. I'm not sure what Maddie does. Um, but they talk about a lot of, like, they go back and revisit, like, obscure children's media, and it's so interesting hearing them talk about how the parents and, like, authority figures who so often are, if not villains, then antagonists in these stories... 
And, like, it's absurd to see how they're painted now as an adult because it's, like, they're so clearly, like, just trying to, like, parent. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably where I, like, not exclusively, but that's a big part of where I picked that up as well from their podcast, which is good. You should go listen to uh, Sister Time. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but that pretty much, I think, actually takes us through the reading. You read an extra two pages, um, in which yes. Dave is it, the other guy, right? Yeah, so, it, just, like, as a little funny joke, um, because when you click to the next page, it's kind of name, colon, action. Um, but this one is Dave, colon, be the other guy, which, uh, brings us to John, which is kind of funny, like, the narrator in as much as there's a narrator is making a little joke or something. Right. Yeah. It's, um, that's a, that's a trope. Be the other guy comes back a lot. Be the other girl, be the other kid. Right. It comes back a lot. Um, and I think it's fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And we actually didn't, once you are John, we didn't get far enough to actually really see what John's up to though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just read an extra two pages. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is the end of the reading for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're going to do listener questions, right? Yeah. Woo. So our, our first question actually, I believe, was sent to us uh, after we recorded our last episode, but okay. before we put it up. So this person has been waiting uh, almost a month for an answer to their question. Oh, so we're really sorry about that. And that person is Farmer Rot on Tumblr. And, um, well, it's not really a question. It's just kind of a thank you to us. I don't know if we should read it. I don't know. Is it is it conceited of us to read a thank you? Let's read the thank you. Because, like, I don't know. If you send something oh, yeah. to people who put things on the air, maybe you just want to hear them on the air. I guess so. So, okay, so Farmer Rot said, Hey, folks, I've just caught up on this podcast. I'm really enjoying it so far. And I just wanted to leave a little note of appreciation for you guys because it can't be easy to get all this working together on a regular basis. <laughs> it's hard enough to read Homestuck, even without getting together to provide commentary that then needs to be edited and uploaded. So I guess this is a roundabout thank you for giving me something to listen to while I draw. Oh, Thanks. Thank you so much. Aww. That's really, really nice. Yeah. It, it is, it's, I don't know, it's not that bad. It's kind of fun to talk about. Um, <laughs> Thanks for showing yeah, appreciation. It's true that it is kind of uh, not the easiest to get all this together, but we're getting it together at the pace that we can so far. And thank you for sticking with us. Yeah, I. it's, thanks for coming along for this ride. This is fun. It's so cool when people, like, neither of us already know by name, like, come and tell us they listen to this thing. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that really, um, lights a fire in my heart. Aw, that was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So do we, do we have any other questions? We do have, we do have, we have three more questions. Oh my god. Thank you for sending so many questions, you guys. Yes. Well, two of them are from the same person. Oh. Um. A <laughs> uh, pastor on Tumblr asks, "Which of you is the bigger nerd?" Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to tackle this. That's loaded. Yeah. Um, I would say it really depends on your definition of nerd. 
like your criteria because sure. I like well, go ahead. For, for example, Lydia is a literal scientist who does research and works at science places. It's true. It's all true. I'm I'm uh I'm like this close to getting admitted to a PhD program right now. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I mean, don't congratulate me yet. I don't like have any have any like hard acceptances. I'm just like talking to people. I'm a baby scientist, but I'm like on track to be a scientist. Um, meanwhile, Alex like consumes so much media and like is so like thorough about it and like has lots of opinions on it. Like both like media and like a lot of like science and stuff. Like Alex like has a lot of ideas about like linguistics and like human evolution and like I don't know follow this kid on Twitter because he has good ideas oh thank you um I think we can say that we are equally nerdy sometimes in different ways but always in good ways aww that's a there's a good like it's Saturday afternoon like TV special yeah message what did we learn today everyone's a huge nerd but like they are like pretty much everyone is a huge nerd about something pretty much like especially if you count sports um okay we have more questions Ooh. so this one is from tumblr user dwellington hi dwellington thank you for sending another question uh dwellington says home stakes that's us oh for the home stakes Woo. not the ham stakes the home stakes <laughs> <laughs> i hope i didn't miss the deadline you did not my question, how did you two come to be recording this podcast? In particular, Alex, what made you want to read Homestuck now and not before? Um, that is a good question. I'm not exactly sure how we got onto the idea, but basically, um, as we as you do on the internet, either you've read Homestuck or you haven't, and Lydia and I got talking about it at some point. And I was like, I have not read it. Um, and at that point, I think we were both, was it maybe like after we'd started listening to Sister Time and we were like, Hey, you can just like do a podcast about media. I think that might've been what it was. I think we were talking about the Sister Time podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, and we got onto, to the topic of like, it, it was amazing to hear people just like up and like start doing a podcast. Yeah. I mean, which like people do all the time, but like Sister Time is like explicitly like, there's no, like, a bigger publishing company, like, sponsoring them. They're not industry experts in the stuff that they talk. They are industry experts in other things, but they're not experts about um, what they talk about, which is just, like, random children's shows. Right. And um, kind of after that point, I started listening to a couple of other podcasts, namely um, the Twin Peaks Rewatch podcast, which was actually a very um, in-depth and serious discussion of... Twin Peaks without many jokes, but which actually made me appreciate Twin Peaks a lot more because I had watched it uh, about a year before and I hadn't really understood it. Nice. Um, <laughs> but then kind of revisiting it with that podcast made me actually appreciate it a lot more than I would have if I hadn't listened to it. Um, and the other podcast that kind of has influenced us I think it's fair to say, um, is the Post Game of Thrones podcast, which I started listening to this summer, and is made by just a couple of guys from Tumblr, um, and is just kind of recapping uh, Game of Thrones with a bunch of jokes and stuff, and 
I've kind of befriended those guys because I like sent in asks and stuff on their podcast and just like the way that they do it with a lot of kind of segues and stuff was very entertaining and I thought we can probably incorporate a lot of those ideas and apparently they're stealing stuff they're uh they're stealing their structure from another podcast which is fine so it's like a third hand podcast yeah it's all just like people yeah it was definitely inspired by seeing podcasts like that go up online alex alex had me start reading um start read uh, reading listening to post game of thrones and it's it's actually really rare i don't I mean, I don't spend a lot of time looking for new podcasts, but I'm way more interested in podcasts just based on, like, do I like listening to the people talk than do I care about the subject matter? And yeah, I, I just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, like, I actually haven't followed Game of Thrones in a while. I'm not super passionate about it, but, like, I just... They're, like, really funny. They're really funny people. Yeah, they, yeah. Go go listen to Brooks and Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> they're good. Um, they're funny and they have good opinions, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, so... That's a cool podcast. But yeah, um, that was pretty much what, how it started. I remember very vividly that the conversation took place while I was sitting in the cell phone lot waiting for my grandparents' airplane to come in so I could pick them up. <laughs> I was desperately bored. I was at the Trenton Airport, which is just out in the middle of nowhere. Um, bored out of my mind. My grandparents' airplane was delayed and we we're like talking about this podcast and we we're like, well, we met up one time to go to TCAF, so like, we can probably make a podcast happen. That's right, yeah. I, I, so someone said like, listen, if we can coordinate, like, traveling internationally, then we can coordinate a podcast. And we did. Amazingly. We actually, so the conversation took place in, like, I want to say that that had to have been if my grandparents were coming back, it would have been, like, March or April. And we didn't actually start the podcast until November, so I'm really surprised that we, like, kept track of that. Well, no, the TCAP was in May, so it was after that. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. So my grandparents were coming back late. Okay, yeah. I think it was only, like, the week afterward, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Right on. So, yeah. So we managed to, like, keep a pin in an idea for, like, six months and then come back to it, which was kind of cool. But, yeah, that's, I guess that's where the podcast came from. Yeah. Oh, God. This is going to take forever. But uh, the second part of the question, uh, why, why am I reading home stuff now and not before, is basically... Um, just like I've always been intrigued by it, but I never had like the impetus to actually read it before having a reason to. Basically, I think probably I don't know. I think based on the way that you engage with media at this point, like I'm not certain that you would enjoy it sufficiently to keep going if you didn't have like a podcast to talk about it on. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so we have a, one final question on Twitter um, from Twitter user Dromedary, who is pastor on Tumblr. Okay. Uh, and his question is, what would your strike specimens be? That is a good question. Hmm. Do you have an answer, Dia? I mean, like, I identify so strongly with John's constantly accidentally flinging things out of his Silidex. That's not a, a strife specimen, though. I know, but, like, it, it, like, that's me. That's, like, how I live my life is just, like, picking shit up as I go and, like, not really keeping track of how much I can take on at one time and then, like, aggressively, violently jettisoning it. <laughs> um, what, if, what if you're, 
what if your specimen was like a, a slingshot then? Maybe. I do like the comic girls with slingshot, slingshots. Uh, well, there you go. All right. What about um, you? So it has to be for battle, right? Like you can't just have a useful object. I mean, like, it's a, it can be a useful object. Like, hammers are useful for things other than, um... Roses Strasismus is knitting needles. Like, they can be useful objects. You just also have to be able to do a murder with them. <laughs> but you can do murders with a lot of things. That's true. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe just, like, a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do think I have... <laughs> what? Sorry. I'm sorry, this is for the entertainment of others. I can't just spend ten minutes laughing at that joke. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, um, I like how just, like, gun has become a joke now. Yeah, that, that is a meme, right? It's like egg, right? Kind of, yeah. Um, so I guess that must be what you reminded me of. But it was just really weird, like, to hear, I don't know, you people probably follow Alex on, like, Tumblr or something, like, that you would say that your, your strife specimens would just be a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because to be honest, it wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. You'd have to like pick up a gun and like fire a gun. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And it'd be like, I don't know, a Wii remote? <laughs> you just whip it at people? Yeah. <laughs> have the wrist strap on, just like circle it around. <laughs> Good. No, I like I like the Wii remote. The like Wii remote and the little like other hand thingy that you can like also send flying. Yeah. Good. Okay. Thanks for your question, dromedary pasture. Yes. It was really good. Um, if you'd like to send us a question, you can uh, ask us on Tumblr. That's hamsteakpodcast.tumblr.com. You can send us an email at hamsteakpodcast at gmail.com or you can send us a question on Twitter, I guess, uh, at Hamsteak Podcast. Right, and you can find us on SoundCloud. You're probably almost definitely listening to this through the SoundCloud player for now. Um, we are Hamsteak-Podcast. Yes. Um, you can find Lydia at RickChip on Twitter and rickchip.tumblr.com. And you can find Alex at LeafCrunch on tumblr so leafcrunch.tumblr.com and then confusingly on twitter he is now crunchleaf yes so just flip him um but now we don't have to uh go through the pronunciation of my twitter name anymore right oh is that really what did it that was part of it huh okay rip in pieces autumn time um Oh, and so we should actually say, um, so yeah, our we're going to attempt a regular episode update schedule again, since our next, my, we're in school next semester starting, um, 
Hopefully we'll stick with that. We'll keep you updated. Um, right now we're on track to have the next episode out, which actually will be episode seven. And that's going to come out next Monday, the 18th of January. Yeah, happy 2016, everyone. Yeah, happy 2016. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a, a wonderful year.